Have you ever wanted to get free from something and you couldn't do it? Have you ever wanted to get free from it and you've tried and tried and tried and you couldn't do it or at least it didn't stick or it didn't stay? I'm not seeing any heads nod. Am I the only one? (laughs) We've been there, right? And we wonder why. We've tried this, we've tried that, and, and, and we've, we've tried those things, those things, that those hurts, hangups, and habits. That's why I so appreciate Celebrate Recovery. It begins to talk about this process, our journey towards freedom. And not everybody needs Celebrate Recovery, but it's a great tool, it's a great resource. It happens every Tuesday night here at Grace Capital Church. But what we've realized is maybe we've been trying the wrong thing. And today I'm going to propose a different approach. I'm going to propose that we we try something different. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. And and as you know, we're going through the book of Exodus, Exodus, looking at the children of Israel, the Hebrews that were um, part of Joseph's lineage, Jacob's um, son Joseph, who um, began to settle around Egypt and The Pharaoh got a little nervous that the Hebrews were becoming vast in number and he began to try to enslave them. And last week we just talked about, um, really, he tried to deal shrewdly with them to try to enslave them and surely enough they did. And we're going to kind of skim through these, these next few chapters. But what we begin to see is... After that slavery and after that bondage, he says, I'm going to, the Pharaoh says, I'm, I'm going to take care of um, this. I'm going to have all the firstborn um, babies, male babies, killed as they're being born. And here we find that, that in that process, you have this little baby, Moses, you might know this story, whose mom didn't want her baby to be killed, decides that she's going to put Moses in a little basket on the Nile River to kind of hide him, and Pharaoh's daughter finds him. I I love this story, though, because it's just amazing how God works. So uh, Moses' sister sees that the Pharaoh's daughter takes him. She runs up to to Pharaoh's daughter and says, hey, did you want me to find um, a a nursing mother for you so she can nurse this baby? And and sure enough, she goes back and tells her mom, says, hey, this, this Pharaoh's daughter wants you to nurse her baby. Meanwhile, it's her baby. And the Pharaoh's daughter actually pays her to nurse her own child which is fantastic, <laughs> phenomenal. And, and then we realize that God is beginning to position Moses to free people, to free his people. Well, Moses, like anybody in this journey towards freedom, and, and if you realize this, this account of God's journey towards freedom in this uh, scenario is, is we realize that this is kind of what happens to us in a spiritual sense. But Moses, who, um, who be already begins to start to feel this passion inside of him of, of how the Hebrew people are being mistreated, sees one of his own. Now, at this point in time, Moses has been raised in the house of Pharaoh, so he's actually um, looked out as an outsider with the Hebrew people, but he's Hebrew. But he sees one of his Hebrew um, uh, people being mistreated, and he goes and murders the, um, the guard or the slave person who is the slave master that's overseeing it. And he thought nobody sees it, but then all of a sudden the word gets out that, that they saw Moses doing this. So he flees to the Midian desert. 
So you can see this account. This is what I just told you is in Exodus chapter two. You guys are gonna like know the book of Exodus. I'm kind of paraphrasing. But then we, we have um, Moses who's now in the desert. He's fleed. He's no longer in Egypt. And God says this to Moses in this burning bush. Chapter three, verse seven. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up to that land, to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. I read this, and it's very comforting to me, and I'm sure it's going to be very comforting to you, that you realize that God sees your afflictions. God sees your bondage. God sees the, the, the difficult places in your life. Can, can I just tell you that God's not too concerned about your sin? And you say, well, wait a second. What do you mean he doesn't, isn't too concerned about your sin? He, he's more concerned about what sin does to your life than he cares about sin. See, sin creates bondage. Whether, sin people, whether people sin against you. I mean, people who have had abuse as a child, they walk around with that shame and that guilt and that, that there's something inside of them they carry with them through adulthood all the way through into their 80s and 90s. And, and even that, God wants to say, I've seen you and I want to set you free from walking, carrying that around with you. God sees the, the affliction. He sees the bondage that has happened through any kind of addiction. All addiction is is realizing that something has happened in your life that you need to substitute something to find peace and to find some solace and you get yourself caught in this trap. And God says, I see your suffering. I see your affliction. I see your addiction. And he's, he's wanting to find ways to free you. God says, I see you. I surely have seen the affliction of my people. God sees and he weeps over you. I've just gone through, um, walking through a family through a tragic time when we did a funeral here yesterday, uh, the loss of a 19-year-old son through a tragic ma- uh, matter. And, and I just have I've seen the brokenness that takes place in society and people's lives and families' lives. And my heart just grieved because I'm beginning to see what God sees. He's saying, the sin has robbed people put them in bondage. And I'm just kind of like, I might get a little fiery here. Just I want to forewarn you because I'm so tired that the enemy has had a foothold in people's lives and he's trapped them. And God says, no, I have come to set the captives free. Do you want to be free? (laughs) And and we have the power. And this is what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about today. Freedom's power comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to see this on your screen. Freedom's power comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, I think that's where we get stuck a little bit as we think of like, I'm feeling this, so either I'm going to bury it and not address it, or I'm going to have um, these addictions that make me feel better, or I'm going to just like live in chaos. And then we realize that, that we've tried to get free and it hasn't worked. So therefore we just, we settle with saying we're going to live with it. And the challenge is, is, is we've tried it the wrong way. And the, why we've tried it the wrong way is because we've tried it on our own strength and it was never meant to be done on our own strength. It's meant to be done through the strength of the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ. Jesus actually 
said it was good for him to leave this earth because he's going to send an advocate, a comforter, one who's going to have the ability to do the miraculous work in our life. But I want to give you kind of some four points to to think about and consider as we're going through uh, what just took place in the, the account of Israel's journey to freedom. So the story goes on. Moses goes back to um, Egypt, and now God is going to provide miracles to set the captives free, to set the Egyptians free, and he's going to do that by sending 10 plagues. The interestingly enough, he goes, first of all, Moses doesn't feel adequate, and by the way, a lot of us don't even feel like we deserve freedom. The enemy has convinced us that, that we're not good enough and that we, have, we deserve what we're feeling. We deserve our lot in life, and, and that's such a lie. What, what you deserve is freedom, and what you deserve is to understand that you're sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. You're the sons and daughters of the Most High, that, that you have an inheritance, and that you are to have a, this full life, not this semi-getting-through-life feeling. I'm just getting through. No, he wants to have, give you this abundant life, this life filled with joy, this life filled with peace. And so Moses goes back and he's, he's like, I'm Pharaoh, like God talked to me, like you're supposed to set, let your, your people go. And Pharaoh's like, yeah, right. <laughs> In many ways, that's the voice of the enemy. Yeah, right. God's, God wants you for, yeah, right. See how that's going to work for you. It took 10 times, 10 plagues. And finally, he, he allows them to go. But, but, but I just want to talk about these four points. If you're going to take notes, this, these, are the, these are the places that you want to take the notes. For the, so you first have the big idea. Freedom's power comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. Then the point number one, though, is, is what we just read in that scripture in Exodus chapter 3. says that point number one, God sees you. God sees your affliction. That's comforting. It should, not be, it should not be feeling like shame, by the way. God sees you. When I, was, when I was young, talking about affliction, and I was a stupid young kid. I think some of you have been stupid young kids too, but I was a really stupid young kid. You know, I decided that in life I was going to do the easy thing instead of the right thing. I lied because lying allowed me to get away with things and I never had to face what I thought faced the difficult conversation. I didn't like conflict, so I would just tell partial truths. Eventually, it became a habit in my life, so much so that I got caught in my lies and my parents stopped believing me. And that was an awful feeling because they no longer trusted what my word had to say, and I realized my lies had become a vice in my life. Then I decided that, you know, I don't have um, certain things, and so maybe I'm gonna start stealing so I can have what I think I deserve, and that became a habit in my life and bondage in my life. And then I remember when I encountered the Holy Spirit. Remember that we say freedom's power comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I encountered the Holy Spirit in my early 20s. And at that moment, not only the things that were, I had been caught on, but the things that nobody knew about, I was wanting to bring to the surface and bring to the light. I remember I'd broken into somebody's house and I had stolen something pretty valuable. I actually should have been in jail for it. And I found that person later and went to their house and saying, I I stole from you and I want to make restitution. And 
Some of you may have already heard this story, but Otter was in the car and she was praying because I knew who this man was and I thought he was going to be a mean man. I thought I was going to like, he's going to punch me or something. But he gave me a hug instead and he forgave me. But that only could take place by the power of the Holy Spirit. But see, God started to reveal some things in my heart. He started to reveal some things that I had bondage in my life and, and I, had, I had slight freedoms along the way and then all of a sudden it's like I didn't have what it took take to, to actually face those things head on, to actually bring them to the surface and, and actually look people in the eyes and say, I've wronged you, would you forgive me? But that only came from the power of the Holy Spirit. And when I walked in that walk, I realized, wow, there's so much power and so much freedom on the other side of this. And some of you realize that you've been bearing things and you've been keeping them trapped inside of you and you've never brought them to the light. You've never dared bring them to the light. You didn't have the courage to bring to the light. And God's saying, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he wants to set you free and he's gonna allow you to bring it to the light. See, the enemy loves to hold you in darkness. He loves secrets. The long, it, isolation is, his, is one of his main games. If he can isolate you, make you feel like you're alone and keep that secret hidden, you're in bondage and he's trapped you. The point number one, God sees you and he wants to free you. Number two is look for the miracle. Look for the miracle. See, God sent Moses back to Pharaoh to provide these miracles. The plagues. Now, don't be going to wish a bunch of plagues on your enemies. <laughs> Can I tell you something about forgiveness? Yeah, in dealing with the tragedy that took place this last week, the family's really, really struggling with forgiveness. And I just reminded them, forgiveness, like I think forgiveness feels like you, you've set somebody else free. Like I, I give them almost permission to do the wrong thing by forgiving them. You almost feel like you're giving them a pass. But can I tell you what forgiveness is? Forgiveness is actually setting yourself free. Amen. That that person no longer has control or, or power over your life. That's what forgiveness is. It's actually to set you free. Don't, don't buy the lie that says, if I forgive them, then, then it, I'm just saying it was okay that they did what they did. No, it's not okay. If they've hurt you, it's not okay. But God wants you free, and so when you forgive that hurt, and when you forgive that person, you, and you don't even have to do it in person, but in your heart, when you forgive them, guess what? You've released the bondage that they've placed over your life, because if you have bitterness in your life, they have power over your life. And bondage is created in your life. And so he's saying, no, I want you to be free. I want you to be free. Forgiveness. Look for the miracle. I, I, wanna, I want you to be very attentive. As you are beginning your journey to freedom, you're going to ask God and say, God, I, I need to be free. I want to be free. And, and God is going to say, I'm sending people and circumstances in front of you, miracles in front of you to help you on your journey to freedom. Be looking for those miracles. Be looking for God's hand in those circumstances. Because God cares about your freedom more than you even know. I just got a glimpse of it. Like, I'm so sick and tired of people being in bondage. I'm so sick and tired of the enemy having his way in people's life. And, and I think God's just like, hello, Mark. I've been saying this for a long time. Are you just finally getting, you know, getting with the program here? <laughs> he wants to see people set free. So number, so number three is interesting. So Pharaoh 
is wishy-washy. At first he says no, no. Then he says yes, and then it's no. He doesn't want to release them because he, he, here's his labor force. He, bondage loves to keep people in bondage. This, this journey to freedom is not like, okay, you want to be free? Here you go. <laughs> you can go skipping down the pathway now. No, the enemy wants to keep you in bondage. So, so don't, don't realize, I mean, realize that, that this, this is not going to be an easy journey for you. But you don't have to fight it on your own. You don't even have to fight it on your own willpower. You fight it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing is, number three, here's the number three point. You don't, you don't have to wait for somebody's permission to set you free. I think sometimes you're in a toxic relationship. It's like, well, they don't, they're not really ready for this relationship to be done. Or like uh, I'm hanging out with some friends that are like really encouraging to do wrong things. It's like, well, they, they still want to be my friends. And it's like, nobody's going to give you permission to get free. You have to determine that you want to be free and that you're going to say, I don't need anybody's permission to walk this journey to freedom. Pharaoh was not... I mean, Moses was not waiting for Pharaoh to, to give him permission. He kind of was. He kind of needed to, to, keep, you know, to move this thing along, but, but he kept going back. And I think this is the interesting part. It took 10 times. Some of you tried once. You say, that's too hard. I give up. Some of you tried five times. That's too hard. I give up. He went back 10 times, and he didn't give up because he knew God's promise was to set people free to set the Egyptians free. And don't give up. Even though you try and you feel like, oh, I'm getting resistance, don't give up. God will provide a miracle and he'll set you free. Amen. I love the amens. <laughs> but here's the interesting thing. Freedom will come at a cost. Now the ultimate cost, Jesus has already paid that cost on the cross with his life. He's broken the power that sin has over you. And this is why we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to, to help us. Freedom's power comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. But, but here's the other interesting thing. It, this is the cost it will co cost you. The cost is, is, is going to require change in your life. And why I know that's so hard, because habits, routines people you hang out with, thought life. I mean, if you've been ruminating on a thought pattern for 40 years, it's really, really hard to create change. But you can do it. But you can do it. Friendships that have taken you down the wrong path, giving up those friends are going to be really hard because it's going to feel like loss. It's interesting why you could still feel like loss on something that's not good for you. You see, we're going to get into this a little bit, um, this journey that, that the Israelites take. They, they've been getting free across the Red Sea, go to the desert. And, and it, it, requires, it required of them to pack up their house and move out of Egypt. Some of you need to understand it's going to require you to pack some things up and move away from some things. And it's going to be really hard. But you don't have to do it on your own. You have the Holy Spirit who's there with you. You have God who's there with you. See, freedom's power comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'll also say this. You have a body of believers that God has placed together in our groups, 
in this church family that will champion you and help you along because you're not alone. One thing I've just realized in, in pastoring and, and working with people, what you see on Sunday is not what, you, what is reality. <laughs> Everybody has a story. And it's a pretty ugly looking story. Amen. We all look pretty on Sundays. We all look together on Sundays, but in the reality, if you look back or if you look under the covers a little bit, you realize this can be pretty messy and pretty ugly. But Jesus is not concerned about that. And we shouldn't be concerned about that. I'm glad that you're here. But what he wants is he wants you to walk into a place of freedom and not stay where you were, and it's going to require change from you. And it's going to require you to be honest and transparent. Maybe today... Maybe today that you're going during our prayer time at the end of service when we have people up here to pray, that maybe you're going to come up to these trusted people, by the way. They're very trusted. They're confidential people. And maybe you're going to share something that you need to get free from. See, there's something about exposing things into the light that take away the power of the enemy that wants to keep things in the dark. Scripture does tell us to confess your sins one to, the, to another, you know, in many ways, we give the Catholic Church a hard time just because, you know, maybe it's ritual routine and maybe it became dry or maybe whatever the reason is. But one thing that I really appreciated about the Catholic Church is they, they set up a system that people can confess their sins to another person. And it's a process of, of setting somebody free through confessional and I think sometimes we've lost that ability to know that, that we have to go to somebody to, yes, we go to Jesus. We know that we don't have to go to a priest. We can go directly to Jesus. But there's something about confessing your sin to another human being that is important on our journey towards freedom. So just maybe today, today, at the end of service, you will leverage or use our, our prayer people that are up here to just walk with you. But I want to, close in reading this scripture. And remember, before I do, look on the screen, freedom's power comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 20 says, Likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness. You see, the, the thing is that we, when we got weak, we're weak to be able to walk out of, uh, of the bondage by ourselves. We don't have the power that it takes. I tell you, you do not have the power what it takes. For we do not know what to pray as we ought. Like, I think sometimes we don't like, how do we even get out of this thing? But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The Holy Spirit is your partner in crime. <laughs> not crime, okay. He's in your partner in... Life. He's your partner in life. I like that. That's a better analogy. He's your partner in life to guide you and walk you into places of freedom. Scripture says he'll guide you into all truth. All truth is, is basically saying, God has this life for you that is true and right. It's a place that will prosper you. It's a place that you'll find joy and peace and hope and love. As we said last week, every single person has a mark on their head and the enemy wants to attack you and keep you down and kill, steal, and destroy. And he's done a pretty good job. 
And the way he's done a good job is, is we've created a facade and we've created this idea that somehow, okay, I've, I've, I believe in Jesus and I've confessed my sins and, and yet I walk not free. How can that be? How have we settled for being a follower of Jesus, but we're not free? Yes, your soul is all set for all eternity, but you're not living the life that God wants you to live. And he's tricked us to realize that, say, you know what? Oh, God doesn't see me, or he doesn't want me free, and, and we don't see the miracles around that God's wanting to do to, to set us free, and we're waiting for somebody's permission, and, and we're just, we're not really committed to the change that's going to require. Or then we try to do it on ourselves, and we fail, 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 fail. Then you just kind of get complacent. Start checking some boxes. I'll go to church. I'll make sure, you know, if I'm around the certain people, I won't swear. And I won't, if I'm in this environment, I won't drink. And if I like, I'll make sure nobody spray my body, nobody smells my cigarette smoke. And, you know, all the routines that you do. I know, I've been there. Not smoking, but other things. I know how to play the game. But I'm tired of the game. I want to be free. And I know you want to be free. But the Spirit of God who intercedes on our behalf wants you to be free more than even you do. It says he, and he who searches the hearts knowing what is in the mind of the Spirit because it intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. I want to let you know that God will use the pain in your life. He'll use the disappointment in life. He'll use the bondage that was in your life. He will use it and he'll work it for good. You don't have to be afraid of your past stuff, right? You don't have to be afraid to bring it to the light because he will use your story to work something for good, not only in your life, but in somebody else's life. You see, the reality is, is we just need to realize that we're all broken people. That God is in this process of restoring and redeeming. That we can be more in the image of Jesus Christ than we were yesterday. And tomorrow we'll realize that, that we will maybe fall short, but we are pursuing Jesus and we're always bringing things to the light and to the surface and saying, I don't want this bondage in my life anymore. God sees you. He wants to do a miracle in your life to set you free. You don't have to wait for somebody else's permission, but it will require change from you. I know change is hard, especially in New England. <laughs> Us New Englanders, we don't want to change. We get set in our ways. But realize this, freedom's power does not lie in you and your willpower. Freedom's power comes from the power of the Holy Spirit who is interceding right now to say, I see you, Frank, I see you, Sally, I see you, Bob, I see you, Peter. I see you and I'm interceding for you. Would you be free? Would you be willing to go on this journey to freedom? Do you want to be free? And he's like, he's rising up inside of us and he's helping us to say, yes, we can do this. We can do this.
But maybe you try this week and maybe you try next week and you fail and, and you don't. Hey, took 10 times for Moses. Keep going. Keep going. Freedom's power comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, you have placed this church, these people, on this journey to freedom. We are sick and tired of being sick and tired of the bondage that has been placed in our life. Whether it is by our own actions, by, our, by, by coping with hurt, by habits, by passions, by complacency, by temptation, by things that have been done to us, by our wrong choices, by giving into lust, by giving into feeling like we're not worthy. And I'm just hearing your whisper right now, Holy Spirit, the whisper is that you are worthy. The Holy Spirit is saying to you, church, you are worthy. That you're made in the image of God. You're highly valuable. And he is mourning over the bondage that is in your life. He wants you to be free. Trust him. He will show you the places in your life that have created bondage. The Holy Spirit will give you the courage to confess those things appropriately in the right place in the right time. The Holy Spirit will help you. I know you feel weak in this area, but the Holy Spirit was given to us to help us in our weakness. So Holy Spirit, thank you for, for strengthening us. Thank you for revealing those things who search our heart. You're searching our heart to see those crevices of where we, we've hidden those things and we just say, we just want them buried. But yet it has kept us in bondage. Father, thank you for wanting to set us free. Thank you for this journey to freedom. Thank you for loving us so well. And Lord, if there's anybody here today that says, I don't know who this Jesus is. I know him, this name, but I don't know if I really know him. I don't know if he knows me. The Bible says when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is Lord, we're saved. And what that means is this longing to know Jesus and to be known by Jesus. That's simply it. And to acknowledge that he truly has the power to set us free. The work that he did on the cross, he, he, he took care of the power of sin. And he gave us the Holy Spirit when he rose again and he walked the earth, but then he left again and gave us his Holy Spirit that is always leading us into places of freedom. Yet, Lord, we've settled too long to just say, I believe in our head, but never walk into full freedom that you have for us. 
So Jesus, let us take the steps this week to listen to your spirit and start walking into places of freedom, saying goodbye to darkness, saying goodbye to bondage, realizing, Lord, that the power to freedom comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.